initiative i'm your host the week this is the show where every other week i'll be talking about anime manga and everything in between this week i'll be talking about one of the more contentious genres in anime and one that became its own evergreen kind of tag for anime in general in 2023 i mean the transformation was way way long ago but the matter the fact of the matter is, it is pretty contentious in itself. It is the heron genre, or as I like to call it, the generic action heron anime kind of stuff. This week, I'll be talking about Data Live, which is, in my opinion, the best example and the best, let's say, the combination of all the generic harem animes out there generic manga, you you get what I mean. So, before I even start, let's first talk about spoilers, spoiler alert, I'll spoil everything from the first season. I'll be just talking about the first season for the sake of this review, as I want to spotlight the genre more than the anime itself and use the anime as an example for the genre. I will not be making right now the review for the other uh, seasons so for example data live has four seasons i'll be talking only about the first one without the ova and for what is worth data live from what it seems may have a fifth season in the works right now and also the um, there's the movie and the spin-off series so there's a lot of content here, but for the sake of this review, for showing up the Heron Jenner, I would just talk about the first season. That being said, that's basically the disclaimer. So, as always, for alert, and I will be talking about only the first season. So, let's get started with the stats. So, first off, Data Live is originally well, a <clears throat> uh, light novel written by Koshi Tachibana. Illustrated by Tsunako, and its original run was from March 2011 to March 2020. 22 volumes, 9 years of publication, I think that is pretty nice. I'll talk more about that later, but in simple terms, I think Data Live is not only one of the earliest, uh, let's say, modern hair and anime we had, but also, it is the, let's say, the father of modern heron anime in general. I'll talk more about le- that later, but easy to say at the start that Data Live is iconic not only because of its structure and the way it kind of, let's say, does things, but also because after watch, rewatching it, it's pretty wholesome actually, and sometimes kind of brutal. Um, let's just get started so I can explain things. So, yes, before I even start, right? They start for the anime. The first season was originally aired on April 2013. And 
it ended on June 2013. The animation studio was AIC Plus. Later on, on the second season, Data Live 2 was well, the production was granted for production IMS. The third season was done by JC Staff, which also did Toradora. And then for the fourth season was done by Geek Toys. I think Geek Toys also done the movie and the Data Bullet side story spin-off. Also, I, I think I need to kind of say this. The Wikipedia article doesn't actually tell it. I don't know if it is canon or not, but there is a visual novel on Steam you can buy, and from what I can gather, it has some story beats that are canon. I don't know if the whole thing is canon, but just wanted to leave it out there. So, what is Data Life about? Why did I watch Data Life? So. Data Life is about, let's say, a near future in Earth where, for some reason, there was this huge catastrophic event called the Great Space Quake. Okay, so Space Quake is the way they kind of translate it for English, so just bear with me on this one. It is not the best translation, I think, but it, it is the best we got. Okay, they they done it in the first season and they stuck to it. So, anyways, so th there was this catastrophic event called the Space Quake that destroyed a huge part of the Eurasia continent. And the focus of it was a city, strangely in Japan, it's kind of strange when, it, when you say it like that, but there is this one huge crater in the middle of the the Kanto region of Japan, that is the Tokyo region, you get you get what I'm going with this, it's basically Tokyo, but not Tokyo really, that they call now Tengu City, and that's basically where the, um, the whole story more or less goes on. The thing is, right, so the space quake is this phenomenon where for some reason space-time basically glitches out and just explodes a lot of stuff. Disintegrates the exports, you, you get what I'm saying, and basically a cruel black hole, more or less. And from that point on, uh, a whole lot of things start happening. So there was multiple space quakes after that, and classified to the general public, it was discovered that the space quakes were related to these not individuals but um, these entities called spirits. And for the most part, spirits were these classified kind of things that uh, eventually got to the point that they were hunted down. So one of the first concepts that we get is that spirits are human-like creatures that are hunted by one branch of the Japanese self-defense force called the AST, Anti-Spirit task force something like that and basically that's the whole setting right so there are these space quakes that are basically public public disasters they have a, a whole thing about uh, the procedure of space quakes so everyone's instructed to go to underground bunkers and the whole city basically goes underground when this is going to happen because they never actually know where it will happen, they just know that it will happen, so a huge alarm goes out in the whole city, and people try to run to cover. 
That being said, we get to our main character, Itsuka Shido, and his little sister, Itsuka Kotori. And this first episode is sets pretty much the whole the whole picture, right? So Shido is this main main protagonist, pretty dense at the start, pretty pretty normal actually. He he's not so dense compared to other main characters from the same genre. Um, namely, the one of the same genre I already reviewed, and it is also a good example of the genre in, in general. It, <laughs> oh boy, I'm saying genre in general a lot. So, the other anime I already reviewed from the same vein is Infinite Stratus. Infinite Stratus is notable by being one of the generic harem must watches if you ever want to research this this dreadful part of anime whatever i mean i i did but i did for a whole lot of years i have generic errands to review a lot and at some point in this in this season yet i i think i will do that but it that's a thing for another day the matter of the fact is shido is a normal guy normal upstanding guy whatever his sister kotori Little sister, normal, whatever. At the at the start, right? So at the start, she's normal. So basically, what happens is normal day at the school and whatever. And for whatever reason, uh, the huge public alarm of space quakes go out, and Shido goes to the bunker. But then at some point, he basically he gets cold feet because of something that happened in the morning, and thinks, "Oh yeah, Kotori." is probably out there and not in a bunker she's going to die and so he runs out to find her and when he does this big quake goes out a few meters from him and when he sees it there is this girl in the middle of the crater this space quake basically created and and then he said he sees the girl and like wow what why is there why is there a girl in there and from that point on he discovers that the self-defense force has the AST and so he sees a squad of AST troopers attacking this, the now known spirit the, the entity that appears when a space quake appears and from among the AST troops he sees one of one of his class colleagues Tobichi Origami which in this first season she is more of an antagonist that eventually turns into a, an ally later on I mean, this is, this is a thing about the later uh, seasons, but basic to say, in this first season, Origami is basically thrown to the side for the most part, and she's way more of a hindrance to everything that happens, more than, more than I would say, a main character, really, she's more than the antagonist. But that's, I mean, I'm glossing over it, because I, I don't actually want to go into all the details that happen later on, in the series, but easy to say, Origami at this point, not not important. It's like more about her later, but anyways, continue on. So basically, Shido, Shido kind of gets in the between of shooting and fighting, and so the girl, the spirit at this point, wields a massive, massive great sword, and has this force field which makes her basically 
immune to bullets, so the AST basically just shoots whatever. And they fight, they fight, and Shido almost dies. When Shido comes to, he goes to this, let's say, now that I think about it, this, this is kind of hard to say, right? So, uh, the Avengers were, I think the first movie was released back in 2010? I, I may be wrong about this, right? In 2012, basically. But what, what I'm trying to say. So when Shido comes comes to, again, he's inside the flying carrier of the Avengers, more or less. The, the equivalent, let's say. And the commander of this vessel is his little sister, Kotori. But at this point, when Kotori reappears for the first time this season, uh, this season, the series in, in itself the, when is we see Kotori for the second time ever she basically transforms from the cute little sister into the tsundere really bossy commander of this ship and basically this is a one-way transformation she never she never comes back from it and she stays really really uh, bossy and basically changes the the first impression we have of her from that point on to infinity she eventually mellows out a bit but that's that's something that happens way later in the series i mean the first season she kind of does but uh, not really anyways so from this point on kotori basically recruits shido into being the guy that for one reason or another he has the power to seal the power of spirits and so he can save them from the AST, although they don't actually, uh, the spirits don't actually seem to need the help, let's say, because they they are basically manhandling <laughs> AST, but at the same time, whenever a spirit appears, um, it causes a space quake, which could, which causes civilian casualties in general, so if, and the theory is that if he seals the, their powers, the space quakes will stop happening. That's the basic prompt from the whole series. So from this point on, Shido has to seal the powers of all the spirits. Easy to say from this point on, actually, all the spirits are girls, and the way to seal their powers is kissing them. So it is going to a date with them and then kissing them when they are let's say, in the right mood, otherwise they, the seal won't work, more or less. And that's basically the prompt from the for the whole anime. From this point on, we basically see a huge struggle in the first two, I think, the first and second episode, more or less, I think, are the, the Toka arc. Though, I say Toka arc already, I spoiled already, but um, eventually, Shido talks with the first spirit and the spirit basically she says that she has no memory of anything she was basically popped into the world and whenever she she comes to earth she causes a space quake she, it is not something she chooses to do and not something she has any say in doing it and basically Shido from this point on he believes that something else is controlling whether the, the spirits were created, whether the space quakes happen, whatever. Uh, but that's something that develops a, 
a bit in the first season and later on in the, the later seasons is way more explored. Though, the thing is, from this point on, Shido actually sees the value and he commits to the to the saving of the the spirits saving the, of these girls that appear on earth when the space quakes happen and basically takes on the mantle of the, the let's say the guy who saved the day and so he talks with the girl amidst a whole lot of ASC attacks and whatever and talks 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 and as I said already the spirits have this basically this force field that is more or less immune to bullets so it, it is even I don't know it kind of comes out as funny in a way but also you just think about what the hell are these guys doing because there is this one scene in the first or second episode when Shido actually approaches uh, the spirit to talk to her and it is in a crumbling part of a building and so f basically one whole side of the building is is destroyed and open and so there's the AST shooting at it at the spirit but the spirit just sits there with the force field and nothing happens and she's just talking with Shido the whole for a long long time and so it comes out that's funny in a way, but also like, what the hell are you doing? You can clearly see that bullets don't have any, if don't don't affect anything. If they affect something, it is minimal, marginal. Even. But anyways, that that's not the point. The thing is, Shido talks um, with the spirit, and this is a part where. One of the the comedic timings of the anime, and, and this anime in specific, it, it has a whole lot of comedic reliefs in a lot of moments. Some of the some of the comedic timings are way off in my my humble opinion. Um, some jokes are really badly placed in some episodes. Some some parts, let's say, they are pretty kind of tense and then they just drop the comedic timing and oh boy it's terrible but anyways the the comedic relief i was about to say the so the, basically the, the organization that kotori works to the the one who funded the flying flying carrier they have these it's kind of timely to say that they have this kind of ai program to basically simulate uh, dates with the spirits as if they were uh, visual novel characters because they basically ran, they run kind of a smartphone game, uh, a smartphone visual, um, ongoing visual novel with millions of downloads and whatever. And so they gather all this data of people choosing the choice. Um, basically, people with people's choices, they feed this AI, and then the AI creates three possible responses to any question that rises up from encountering the spirits. And so, at, at some point, Kotori presents uh, that the, there is a whole committee of support, um, let's say support personnel, 
to Shido to basically give him answers to some questions through his earpiece. So basically, there, there are a whole lot of people basically watching. He goes into a date with a girl and then he has to answer any question he she has with a visual novel prompt. In concept, it is pretty funny. And in some parts, it is quite funny. Some of the... the there's always this comedic relief, which the AI gives three options always there's one option that is way off and most times someone will say to choose it and give a bad reason for it which is kind of funny like when it's funny but later on when the things are kind of tense and clearly that's not the human response to a question they choose it and i feel that it is kind of forced in that way but that's just me. Anyway, so there's this whole thing about the AI choosing committee and answers and whatever. But take that and leave it aside for now. So in this first instance, Shido talks to Toka, to the spirit. And eventually they come up with the name Toka. So Toka is given the name by Shido. And basically that's happened. And just to the first anime just to give a name to the first first episode, they, for one reason or another, uh, Toka and Shido get separated because the AST attacks more directly. And so the next day, Toka comes out and says, oh, Yeah, well, Shido, you basically asked me on a date yesterday. Are you really going to do it? And, and he says, Yes. And Toka not being from earth she does not know what is a date and for what's worth the second episode i think the second episode i may get uh, the number of episodes wrong right so but that's not uh not really the problem the anime has 12 12 episodes if i didn't say it already plus the ova 13 um all the seasons i think follow this unless i think Maybe the third season has 10 episodes. Whatever, that's not the, not the point here. So the second episode is basically the first date. So, and we get uh, a really, let's say, I, I think it's really wholesome and really, really cute way they introduce kind of this whole concept of uh, dating someone with a whole... A whole personnel of support and whatever because they what they show up is that um, I say the, the organization that Kotori works for has a whole lot of resources just to throw away into saving the spirit so basically in order to make the the perfect date they have actually moving buildings that can change storefronts and whatever and a whole lot of free stuff and oh man it it is funny but the the main the main point of the second episode is basically to show this wholesome side of uh, actually going on a date with a girl and the fact that Toka does not know anything about the world she uh, discovers the pleasure of eating a whole lot of stuff and it it is pretty funny and cute but that's also because food in anime is generally pretty 
uh, say pretty appetizing, pretty beautiful in a food way and also because Toka is cute, Toka is pretty cute, that's, that, that, I mean all the girls in this first season are pretty cute most of the time except for the last one, anyways I, I'm not gonna get to that, not the last one, the second to last, anyways let's get to going, so um, basically the second episode is this date and whatever until one point when the AST is basically um, scouting scouting Toka and Tobichi Origami is as part of the AST is also there and one of I think the second in command of the unit and they are basically <laughs> keeping watch uh, watching her from a distance with a sniper rifle and eventually when they get clearance to shoot Toka down she not that she misses but Shido kind of gets the one huge reflex and, and uh, does the get down Mr. President kind of deal with Toka and takes the bullet. Fortunately, for some reason, he cures the bullet wound from a 50 BMG. I don't know why. But in the meantime, when he's out, his lights out, uh, Toka goes in a rampage and when she was basically pretty calm and whatever, she goes on a rampage and goes attacking Origami and things kind of go uh, really go haywire, let's say. And a whole lot of things happen and then Shido goes there, says to Toka, I will save you and I will, I will make people accept you and whatever. They kiss and she basically loses her powers for some time. There are, later on in the season we learned that there are conditions that she can actually kind of recover her powers and there are, uh, she is not like 0% power, she's like 40% with her powers so she can kind of summon a part of her astral dress that, that is the, let's say the, the armor they use and her angel that is the weapon they use, all the spirits have an astral death, an angel, just a trivia bit, all the angels are named after part of the... I'll get this wrong, right? Jewish Kabbalah? The the tree of life stuff and whatever. Anyway, so that's the uh, basically the start of the talk arc. Simple to say that the, this first arc is pretty... really sets the scene because you can clearly see the model they are going after. And all the spirits from them on work more or less like that but the thing is Toka is and and I I need to say this outright Toka is the main girl and in some points of the story I kind of feel sorry for her because th there's this thing right when we a relationship is made of two people if one of the people are not feeling good and the other people is trying to like get something out of it both parties get nothing and let's just say at some point Shido get is in a bad mood for one re reason or another because something happened and whatever and he, the way they frame it I don't know if the original material is like this but the way they frame it in the anime he really throws Toka aside without much thought which really makes me feel sorry for her in some instances but that's just me 
So going forward with that, that's the first, uh, basically the first arc, and then we get, um, let's say a small arc in between the the next spirit that appears. That and, oh oh, so all the spirits have uh, code names before they they let's say they get to meet Shido and get their proper names, but. Um, Toka's code name was Princess, and the next one is called Hermit. But going back to to what I was saying, when in between getting to know the Hermit and and actually actually sealing the Hermit's parts, uh, we get this mini arc with Tobichi Origami, which is basically that she's uh, this really quiet girl. Really, I don't know if you call that cool, Dede, but she really likes Shido for one reason or another. In this first season, we don't know why, and um, that's to say that eventually, in the later season, we get to know why. But um, Tobichi, for one reason or another, likes Shido a lot and wants to get closer to him, although she does not have any semblance of knowing how to act in front of another human being because she is not only a genius at school but actually she is part of the ASC so she's basically military although it's kind of hard to explain this in audio you need to actually watch it to understand it but just to say she lacks the basic notions of socializing and for one reason or another, that's a, another tidbit about this anime in specific. The anime, this anime does not get, it is not worried about the limits of censorship they, they get into. So there, after uh, Toka basically goes and after they, they seal Toka's powers and she becomes a normal girl, uh, they play a lot with the trope of living with an, with a girl of the same age in the same in the same house. So you can imagine the enter the bath when she's bathing, open the bathroom door when she's doing her thing. Uh, the the whole the whole package is there. That's basically, it. and they they don't actually show boobies, but it's almost there. I, I mean, the f- there's a lot of instances. I'm, the, one of my remarks when I started rewatching it is that in the four, in the first episode, we get I think two minutes in, and there are like four or five penny shots, and that's that's just a, a basic side note. <laughs> Let's get going before I, I start getting getting scrambled with words anyways so after after they get toka and there is this more a bit of development for origami at this point um shido stops referring to the second name and just calls her origami the next spirit that appears is the hermit the hermit is this lottie with the blue long hair and this pup this hand puppet socket puppet i don't know actually how to do you say this in english and she already comes with a name right so she's known by hermit but the when shido first talks to her uh we get to know that 
she's called Yoshino and the puppet's called Yoshino. And for one reason or another, the it is never actually really explained how, but Yoshino, for whatever reason, is kind of part of Yoshino in a really strange way, whereas Yoshino cannot live much without Yoshino in a psychological sense. So, and, and for the most part, she's really timid, really shy, and basically whenever she triggers a space quake and the AST appears, she just she just tries to escape. She just gets away. I, um, different from Toka, who would fight them, Yoshino just runs away. Unless in the the instance that Yoshino, for one reason or another, gets lost and dropped or whatever from her hand, in which she summons her angel. I don't actually remember the name of the angel, but whatever. Her angel is a giant rabbit, basically a mecha, more or less, that she controls and can control both rain and snow. Not only snow, I think, uh, basically creates ice. And that's more or less it. It is, um, it is a different approach from Toka because Toka, she just appeared whenever there was a space quake. Uh, for Yoshino, she just stays there and doesn't cause many space quakes whenever. It is kind of strange, but they they f they frame it like she just stays in a place without making much noise and tries to be really, not covert, but uh, really discreet, let's say, in living. And there's this whole arc where uh, Yoshino gets lost and Yoshino gets kind of needs to interact with Shido so Shido can actually uh, get to know her and whatever. And in this side, there is the, the oh boy, not the unmatched, but the always present uh, fate of any heron protagonist, which is when the main girl sees the protagonist getting another girl. And this happens a lot, let's say. So eventually Toka not gets win, but she actually sees um, Shido trying to approach Yoshino. And Toka being this, uh, not knowing much about the world and actually being pretty gullible, pretty naive, she misinterprets everything and Seeing the advances of Shido into Yoshino, she kind of gets mad and there's this whole fall-off in which she kind of um, liberates her own powers and causes a whole lot of trouble. And then there's this whole side story where uh, Shido has to reassure Toka. The, I, I mean, the home first season is basically this. Is Toka is the main girl for the, mo for the most part. She, she's the main girl and this does not change but she's not confident at the start. And so one of the things that the first season does as a recurring segment is reassuring Toka that she's the main girl, she's important. She does not have to actually 
be worried by being double time because she's going to be double time, but there is a reason for it. Although they never actually explain why the why Shido has to actually approach all these girls, and they don't actually explain this. I don't know why, because I think if you explain to her, she would understand. But then again, the anime is from 2013. I I don't know. It's been 10 years. Anyway, so. So there's this whole side story about Yoshino, Yoshino and Toka being being jealous and eventually uh, Shido gets to kiss Yoshino and sue her powers and let me just take a second here. Yoshino is so cute. God damn it, Yoshino. This is a thing that um, I've been noticing more and more as I rewatch these animes for reviews and whatever and even reading manga on the side and what else um, there's this concept that is being brought up more and more there is this whole thing about the token uh, the token cute lolly uh, lolly most of the time but um, there are whole there are a whole lot of archetypes that ca this can go on but um, much like Kana from Kobayashi, much like uh, Anya from Spy Family, much like... Uh, anyways, th there are a whole lot of examples out there. Yoshino is so cute for no real reason. She, she just is cute and the design helps, but she's just cute. I don't know. Basically, this is, a, this is a side thing, but I wanted just to say that. Um, so next up, after the Hermit, um, we get this interlude where... Just let me say this, episode 6, I want to believe it's a filler they created for the anime. I don't actually want to believe that it was something written by someone in the light novel, because the episode 6 is bad. Okay, episode 6 is bad. Episode 7 then is the compensation for episode 6. So, episode 6, nothing happens. Episode 7, a whole lot of things happen at the same time. So, for one reason or another, after uh, two, two failed spirits, um, not kill spirits, let's say, for the AST, the higher ups just get someone else from another another branch, let's say, to go there and teach them how to do it. And I'll not remember the the um, second name, but it is Mana. I don't actually remember the family name. Whatever. The fact of the matter is, she's the expert who already killed a spirit. And so the, this is the mystique around her. She actually did kill a spirit. And on the side, the, the next one appears. The next spirit appears. Which she comes up, transfers for into the um, into Shido's and Toka's class. And she's called... I don't actually remember the second name and a lot of people will get mad because I don't remember her because she's important for the plot in many many ways she's the f I, I mean she's the favorite waifu for the series for a lot of people she's basically the reason why there are 
a whole lot of spin-offs like Data, Bu Data Bullet. Uh, Kurumi, Kurumi, uh, Tosaka? No, Tosaka. Uh, I'm getting this all wrong. I don't actually know. The, the thing is, right? So Kurumi transfers into the class, and in her first presentation, she just says, I'm a spirit, and I want to be presented. Uh, I want Shido to take me around the school. And this whole thing just happened. Uh, Kotori as the commander for the, the whole thing. And I have to say, all this time Kotori is around and we have this whole supporting cast of... I don't actually remember any of the second names, but Rene is like uh, Kotori's female assistant. Female assistant, which becomes the secondary teacher for the school more or less and then there's the the vice commander which is a masochist which would love to be stepped on by Kotori and he's all I mean there's more or less I think one scene the whole season where he's not the comedic relief but it is a funny comedy really he's she he says a whole lot of, a whole lot of shit it, it's pretty funny but anyway so the thing is right so when kurumi appears and says she's a spirit uh both sides just go all red red alert like oh my god what the fuck in first order of business shido has to kiss kurumi and Origami tries to kill her sometime later. That being said, it is pretty early on we get to see that Kurumi is not like the f first two spirits. So basically, whereas Toka was just uh, someone that was there and then attacked and then just um, self-defended and Yoshino in contrast, was just someone trying to run away. Uh, Kurumi is not shy about the fact that she just wants to kill people, because we get to we get to know that she actually kind of needs to kill people in order to stay alive because of her angel, because she basically has to is too lifespan, too time from people to up her time alive, more or less that. And her powers are really not strange, but they are really complex. She has a whole lot of um, so she's a, a the whole aesthetic of her is this clock and the pistol and her. I would say it's a carbine because if that's a rifle, and she's wielding that with one hand. Oh my god. Anyways, it's a flinch lock. It's a flinch lock pistol and a musket. Well, let's say it like that. And for each of the for each of the hours in the clock, she has a different uh, different ability depending on which weapon she fires and whether she hits herself or hits someone else. So the the host and her code name is Nightmare, although it doesn't actually come up a lot. Anyways, 
she has a whole lot of things that go on and her powers are really complex um, mixing with time space kind of deals uh, she even summons um, her other selves from other timelines it's a whole mess the thing is right so at some point we get to know that Kurumi dies and revives and dies and revives again and dies and revives again and this is the whole thing and then we get to know that Mana is the one who actually kills her a lot and all the spirits she ever killed was actually her because for one reason or another to and this kind of shows at first Mana has these Let's say it is easy to manage to kill uh, Kurumi, although um, it never really kills her, so it's kind of useless in a way. But that's because if she kills her, basically that it takes one or two days to Kurumi come to come back. So, eh, uh, kind of a waste effort, but whatever. The thing about Kurumi in this first counter is that for one reason or another she wants to literally consume the flesh of Shido because she believes that Shido has special powers and may actually help her with the lifespan time problem she has. But in the middle of taking the whole school hostage and taking Toka hostage and taking Origami hostage and actually killing Shido uh, comes up the... N and this is kind of a bomb, right? At, at, the, at this point in the story, if you're watching it, this comes out as a bomb and again, I, I will remind everyone, spoiler alert, um... When Mana, uh, when Mana appears first off, she kind of gets to meet Kotori and Shido at their home. And it comes out that Shido is actually um, adopted in, in, into the Itsuka household. But that, that comes out really natural and nobody really bats an eye. But this fact comes flying up. In this moment when Kurumi nearly um, kills Shido. Because as it turns out, Kotori is a spirit also. <laughs> and then uh, I remember the first time I was like, what the fuck? I mean, it is pretty wild that the f the, peop the person trying to save all the spirits is a spirit. So, I mean, it's not really far, but... As the the as in the ways the the series kind of progresses is pretty surprising. Although Kotori has this overwhelming amount of knowledge about spirits that for no apparent reason anybody else has, you would you would grant that for the amount of research she's done. But at the same time, the it all comes flying back, and that's what I mean. And her code name is Ifrit, 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 I think, Ifrito. Anyway, so, um, she's, she's also a spirit, she has 
Um, I don't actually remember the name of the, the angel also, but anyways, I, I think I, I never mentioned a single angel name, but uh, whatever. The, the thing is, Kotori controls flames, basically she has this huge battle axe, which also transforms into a cannon. She... So she basically fights off uh, Kurumi. Kurumi basically runs away for, for the rest of the season after... And, and this is after a whole lot of trying with the date and what else. So from this point on, the focus is on Kotori because as it comes out, Kotori has like a time limit to keep her powers because if she doesn't get sealed she will most likely lose her mind and become a destructive spirit and basically stopping herself and so the big brother spirit kicks in and Shido must save his little sister and yeah it's kind of strange kind of don't depends on the on the side of the fence you you sit on, but uh, we later learn, and this is the main conflict of the last episode, that uh, five years ago, when the whole shebang happened, that actually turned Kotori into a spirit because she was clearly human, and killed Origami's parents, which are the reason that she became part of the AST. Origami discovers that the the, fi the fire spirit that saved her when Kurumi was around is Kotori, and so she steals a super secret weapon from the AST to try to kill Kotori, but Toka and Yoshino interfere, and there's this whole rush about um, Shido kissing his little sister. That it is not for blood, but whatever. And the whole scene is kind of wholesome and, and a whole mess. But I mean, the 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 they did is done, and that's it. But and also at the end, they they give this really. I I think it's pretty cute. A thing about the so they. The spirits have to be uh, with the the love love gauge high enough to be sealed and whatever. They say that Kotori's gauge was always at max whack, and that's kind of pretty cute. In a way, it's kind of strange. Whatever. The thing is, uh, they get the job done. That's the the first season. Just a uh, tidbit. I don't know if at the time they knew that the uh, enemy would explode like this, but in the I think before, in in between the airing of the second to last and the last episode of the main of the main story, not counting the OVA because the OVA is DVD exclusive, from what I know, they announced the second season, and so the last episode has an extra scene. Which is to say, just to to be continued. That being said, the there are f f three more seasons, a spin-off, 
uh, I don't actually know if Data Bullets a movie or a, a spin-off, but whatever. There is this original movie, which doesn't actually. I don't. I don't think it's canon, or it counts the backstory for something. I don't actually know. I don't. I didn't actually watch it because I don't watch any movies. Whatever. The thing is, uh, I have to <laughs> give uh, a tiny tidbit about the the genre in specific because I took a lot of time to explain the whole anime. So the basic tenets of the um, the generic harem anime is that first off, the main protagonist is always the guy. Although you can clearly see that the focus is always the girls. Uh, the guy doesn't actually sell a whole lot of figures, whereas the girls sell a whole lot. That is not... I mean, that's just facts. That's that's just facts. You can clearly see from us another example, Infinite Stratus, you don't actually have figures for Ichika in no way, shape or form, but you can actually buy all the figures from all the girls from Infinite Stratus 1 to Infinite Stratus 2 including the both the costume ones and the IS ones from what I know Data Live actually has Shido's figures but that's just a um, subjective metric I invented to just to say that although we say the protagonist is the guy, the real, real protagonists are the girls. And the girls are the main part of the story. They are the significant... Really talking about it, the main girls are the protagonists, really. The, not only here in Data Life, but any heron you ever watch, High School DxD, Trinity 7. Um... 37 a bit less, but even then, they all all revolve around the girls. Although the main guys, the protagonist, always the girls. The second tenant is what I like to call the heron factor. So they they say that variety is the spice of life, right? Uh, <laughs> I was going to to say that, but. The thing is, right, so you would never want a heron that is, let's say, uh, one note. And for that, it also goes into the third tenet that there will always be the main girl and the side girls, more or less. But what I want to say, right, so... Always in this heron kind of stuff, you will always see a whole lot of different archetypes from girls. They will never uh, overlap, overlap much in personality outside from the wholesome and cute parts. But um, the overall personality is always different. So you can see that the, there is the kudere, there is the deredere. There's the Tsundere, there's the Lolly, there's the... With Kurumi, you could say it's the Onesama kind of stuff. Or the Ujo-sama, because she's, she says Watakushi. Uh, but um, 
that's you you get what I'm gonna say. As I said, the third tenet, there will always be the main girl, which is Toka. There will always be the side girls, which are the anyone else, and there will always be the best girl, which for a lot of people is Kurumi. Kurumi is more developed later on, but um, the fact is, in this first season, she's basically just a bad guy. She really comes out just just straight up bad guy. And I don't know if you noticed, right? So, and clearly I did not explain this first. The stories in these generic characters in general are pretty simple. Not to say that they are bad, but they will not be suffering with a lot of twists and turns and... Um, emotion. The emotional roller coaster is optional for the most part, but they are present in a whole lot of stuff. I can guarantee you, if you watch the later seasons, the emotional roller coaster really gets going. The third season, in specific, comes up with a whole lot of twists and reveals that my man, the things are wild. Anyway, so. Uh, that's basically the hair in general, in general, let's say. Um, nowadays, any other, any other anime with any gender can just tag on a hair and tag and get two more girls, which are one, one's probably probably the lolly, and the other one is probably or the, if not the tsundere, is the deretri. They're more or less interchangeable because the the trio of the Tsundere, the Token Lolly, and the Deredere is basically the recipe for any anime after 2012. The f the thing is, Data Live, for instance, has ends up with a lot more than three girls, but that's not to be discussed here. Um, that being said, the first season of Data Live is pretty simple. But it is pretty wholesome in some parts. It's kind of brutal. The, the scenes where we see mostly the results of Kurumi killing a lot of people are pretty brutal. Um, but that's mostly just it. The, the brutal part is just Kurumi and Mana. The rest is pretty pretty normal. Let's say the, the flashbacks that happen about the incident five years ago is they're eh, kind of pretty they're pretty quick and they just show one thing happening which is tragic in itself but not really brutal let's say it's not blood splatter and that's basically it I think <laughs> the, basically the, the anime is pretty good I highly recommend it to watch it and then watch the later season because the story is quite good actually it becomes quite good after the second season the second season I actually don't actually remember much I remember I watched it but I don't actually remember much of it um, the third season is wild the season is wild outside from I think the last one episode because it was mostly filler and pretty bad but that's not to be said here also and my thoughts about the anime in general the animation is 
and this is kind of kind of difficult to say, but the animation is pretty good. It, it reminds me a lot of Infinite Stratus in a lot of ways, although that it's not the same studio. The animation is pretty competent. The effects are pretty competent. The, the whole thing is pretty pretty well done. Pretty well done. The, there was no um, creep shots, no frames that creeped me out. So I would say it's a passable seven. It's pretty pretty okay. Pretty okay. Not really a masterpiece, but you wouldn't say it's bad. Uh, next up is music. Music is pretty iconic. The first opening is called Data Live. I don't know if the translation for the subtitles in the opening are right, but they they say dead, dead or alive. I think it's just data alive, really. I don't know. The thing is, pretty nice anime. Pretty nice, pretty wholesome in some points. Kind of brutal and some others. It's a pretty comfy watch if you don't actually want to think a lot about some about stuff. It is pretty nice. Yeah, eye candy as some say. And that's basically it. So thanks for listening. If you like what I do, if you like my reviews, please like, please follow, please subscribe, depending on the platform you're in. Please join the Discord. I hope you like it. I hope you stick around for the next one. Bye.